European Hearts Journal Issue at a Glance, Volume 38, Issue 6, Focus Issue on Imaging, by Editor-in-Chief Professor Thomas Lucia. From Conventional to Molecular Imaging, Delineating Mechanisms, Diagnosis, and Outcomes. The heart is a hidden organ. For centuries, it was locked within the chest for physicians until imaging techniques made it visible. The discovery of X-rays by Wilhelm Röntgen on November the 8th, 1888, changed medicine and eventually cardiology in particular. Today's cardiologists have five major modalities at hand, i.e. angiography, computed tomography, ultrasound of the heart, and now also lung water, magnetic resonance for structure and function, and nuclear imaging, now often combined with computed tomography, i.e. hybrid imaging. The major challenge now is to use the right modality for the right patient for his or her current clinical problem. Proper diagnosis of such conditions also remains important, as cardiovascular disease is still the major cause of disability and death. Thus, cardiology needs multimodality images that take advantage of all the progress made. What's new in this field of comprehensive imaging has been put together by Jeroen J. Bax, Victoria Delgado, Oliver Gemperli, Massimo Lombardi, and Philip A. Kaufmann in their current opinion, The Year in Cardiology 2016, Imaging. In 2016, many articles focused on the prognostic impact of current non-invasive imaging techniques and technological innovations. A selection of these articles on the use of non-invasive cardiovascular imaging, including echocardiography, computed tomography, cardiovascular magnetic resonance imaging, nuclear imaging, and fusion imaging, is presented and their clinical application discussed in the article. This topic is further pursued in a subsequent review, Hybrid Intravascular Imaging, Recent Advances, Technical Considerations, and Current Applications in the Study of Plaque Pathophysiology, by Patrick W. Soroys and colleagues from Imperial College London in the UK. The cumulative evidence from histology-based studies suggests that, on their own, current intravascular imaging techniques such as intravascular ultrasound or optical coherence tomography OCT, have fundamental limitations that do not allow complete and detailed evaluation of plaque morphology and pathobiology, limiting the ability to accurately identify high-risk plaques prone to rupture or erosion. To overcome these drawbacks, Data fusion methodologies and hybrid dual probe catheters to enable accurate assessment of plaque characteristics and reliable identification of high risk lesions are being developed. Indeed, several dual probe catheters have been introduced, such as near infrared spectroscopy, intravascular ultrasound hybrid tools that are commercially available, but also intravascular ultrasound OCT. OCT near-infrared spectroscopy, OCT near-infrared fluorescence molecular imaging, intravascular ultrasound near-infrared fluorescence, intravascular ultrasound, intravascular photoacoustic imaging, and combined fluorescence lifetime intravascular ultrasound imaging. 
These multimodal approaches might overcome limitations of standalone imaging and provide comprehensive visualization of plaque composition and biology. Among the non-invasive imaging tools, computed tomography, or CT, has seen the most impressive developments for the diagnostic and outcome of coronary artery disease. Indeed, today, CT images of the coronary system can be obtained in a few minutes with little radiation, thus minimizing the risk associated with X-ray techniques and making it suitable also in prevention. In a clinical research manuscript, Prognostic Assessment of Stable Coronary Artery Disease as Determined by Coronary Computed Tomography and Geography, a Danish multicenter cohort study, Lena H. Nielsen and colleagues from the Lielbelt Hospital Vela in Denmark aim to examine mid-term prognosis of stable coronary artery disease as assessed by coronary CT angiography in a real-world cohort of 16,949 individuals with new-onset symptoms suggestive of coronary artery disease. The endpoint was a composite of late coronary revascularization more than 90 days after imaging, myocardial infarction, and all-cause death. The risk of the composite endpoint was 1.5% for patients without coronary artery disease, 6.8% for those with obstructive coronary artery disease, and 15% for three-vessel and or left main disease. Compared with patients without coronary artery disease, a higher relative risk was also observed for subjects with non-obstructive coronary artery disease with a hazard ratio of 1.28, obstructive one-vessel disease with a hazard ratio of 1.83, two-vessel disease with a hazard ratio of 2.97, and three-vessel and or left main disease with a hazard ratio of 4.41 respectively, which was consistent for different age gender, and comorbidities. The authors conclude that coronary artery disease determined by CT in real-world settings predicts the 3.5-year outcome across different subgroups, a finding that is discussed in an editorial by Jonathan A. Leipzig from the University of British Columbia in Vancouver, Canada. While angiography allows for proper placement and deployment of stents, it is unable to provide information about expansion and, later, re-endothelialization. As fibrin deposition and absent endothelium characterized unhealed stents that are at heightened risk of stent thrombosis, optical coherence tomography, or OCT, is increasingly used for assessing stent tissue coverage. However, OCT cannot precisely identify whether overlying tissue represents physiological neointima or just fibrin strands. In a basic science manuscript, Intravascular Fibrin Molecular Imaging Improves the Detection of Unhealed Stents Assessed by Optical Coherence Tomography in Vivo, Farouk Jaffa and colleagues from the Massachusetts General Hospital in Boston, USA, assessed fibrin deposition and persistence on bare metal and drug-eluting stents using near-infrared fluorescence molecular imaging in vivo in combination with OCT. Rabbits underwent implantation of one bare metal stent and one drug-eluting stent without overlap in the infrarenal aorta. At day 7 and or 28, 
Intravascular near-infrared fluorescence optical coherence tomography was performed following injection of the fibrin-targeted near-infrared fluorescence molecular imaging agent FTP11CYAM7. Intravascular near-infrared fluorescence OCT enabled high-resolution imaging of fibrin overlying stent struts in vivo as validated by histopathology. Compared to bare metal stents, drug-eluting stents showed greater fibrin deposition and fibrin persistence at day 7 and day 28. Notably, for edge stent struts identified as covered by OCT on day 7, 93% of drug-eluting stents, but only 55% of bare metal stent struts, were near-infrared fluorescence fibrin positive. At day 28, 19% of struts from drug-eluting stents, but only 5% of struts from bare metal stents, remained fibrin positive. Jaffa and colleagues conclude that intravascular near-infrared fluorescence fibrin molecular imaging improves the detection of unhealed stents using clinically translatable technology that complements OCT technology. Importantly, a sizable percentage of struts deemed covered by OCT are in fact covered by fibrin only, particularly in drug-eluting stents, and therefore such stents might remain prothrombotic. These findings have implications for the specificity of standalone clinical OCT assessments of stent healing. These provocative experimental findings are discussed in an editorial by Adnan Castrati from the Deutsches Herzzentrum in Munich, Germany. Nuclear imaging techniques are well established as diagnostic and prognostic tools in cardiac patients. High energy resolution and sensitivity of novel cadmium zinc telluride detector equipped SPECT systems may facilitate simultaneous imaging of multiple isotopes and enhance the detection of molecular and cellular signals. Such an approach may prove especially useful in the diagnosis of endocarditis as discussed in the recent ESC guidelines. In their clinical research article, Simultaneous Dual Isotope Solid State Detector SPECT for Improved Tracking of White Blood Cells in Suspected Endocarditis, Federico Caubelli and colleagues from the Hanover Medical School in Germany went further and investigated the feasibility and diagnostic accuracy of simultaneous imaging of inflammation with 111 in-labeled white blood cells and myocardial perfusion with 99-MTC sestamibi for localization of white blood cells relative to the valve plane in 34 patients with suspected endocarditis of either native or implant valves. Simultaneous 111 in white blood cells and 99-MTC perfusion imaging was performed and compared with standard 111 in white blood cells planar scintigraphy and SPECT-CT. Downscatter on 99-MTC images was not observed for 111 in activity as high as 2.5 99-MTC activity. In patients, image quality was superior for cadmium-zinc telluride imaging as compared to conventional SPECT-CT and planar scintigraph. Further cadmium-zinc telluride dual isotope imaging improved reader confidence for detection of inflammatory foci.
Diagnostic accuracy based on surgery or Duke criteria during follow-up was highest for cadmium-zinc telluride imaging. The authors therefore conclude that novel cadmium-zinc telluride SPECT technology improves the accuracy of molecular and cellular cardiac imaging. Simultaneous multi-isotope imaging with 111-IN and 99-MTC is feasible and aids in the workup of suspected endocarditis. These initial findings are critically discussed in an editorial by Dominique Le Gouloudec from the Service de Médecine Nucléaire de l'Hôpital Bichat in Paris, France. Hematopoietic cells play an important role in atherosclerosis and plaque vulnerability. Of note, acute ischemic events trigger hematopoietic activity, induce monocytosis, and eventually promote atherogenesis. However, imaging of such events in patients in vivo proved difficult. In their clinical research article, Increased Hematopoietic Activity in Patients with Atherosclerosis, Fleur van der Valk and colleagues from the Amsterdam Medical Center in the Netherlands hypothesized that hematopoietic hyperactivity might be a persistent feature in cardiovascular disease. To that end, they imaged the activity of hematopoietic organs and hematopoietic stem and progenitor cells in humans. First, they performed 18 fluorodeoxyglucose positron emission tomographic imaging, or PET, in 26 patients with stable atherosclerosis and in 25 matched controls. In splenic tissue, 18 fluorodeoxyglucose uptake was 2.7 in those with cardiovascular disease, but only 1.75 in controls. Furthermore, in-bone marrow uptake was 3.2 versus 2.72, respectively, and closely related to low-density lipoprotein cholesterol levels. Subsequently, they determined the progenitor potential of human progenitor cells harvested from 18 patients with atherosclerosis and 30 matched controls undergoing autologous stem cell transplantation. In cardiovascular patients, the normalized progenitor potential expressed as the number of colony-forming units, granulocyte-slash-monocyte colonies-slash-CD34 positive cells, was 1.6-fold higher compared with matched controls. Finally, they assessed the effects of native and oxidized lipoproteins on human progenitor cells harvested from healthy donors in vitro, which displayed a 1.5-fold increase colony-forming units granulocyte-slash-monocyte colony-slash-CD34 positive cell capacity in co-culture with oxidized LDL in vitro, which was inhibited by blocking oxidized phospholipids via E06. The authors conclude that collectively, these sophisticated imaging studies in humans, in vivo, supports the concept of a chronically activated hematopoietic system in atherosclerosis. The manuscript is accompanied by a thoughtful editorial by Thomas R. Simato from the University of Buffalo Jacobs School of Medicine and Biomedical Sciences in New York, USA. The editors hope that this issue of the European Hearts Journal will find the interest of its readers.